Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast, and I will just say from the very beginning, I am continually being just overwhelmed by just all the things that the Lord is saying. I mean, I just cannot journal it fast enough. I can't sit at the computer long enough. I for sure can't talk enough (laughs) to get across in any way to myself, to my wife, to my son, to anyone that I'm sitting in front of, the immensity of what the Lord is speaking in this hour. I mean, I'm overwhelmed. Now, I'm not overwhelmed in any way of, oh Lord, turn down the dial. No, 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 no. I've just got to continually give myself more. I've got to get up earlier and earlier and stay up even later and even later. I've got to miss lunch. I've got to put this aside, that aside. I'm going to make room. I'm going to make room. And I will say that like we just got back from uh, a, a quick trip down to Georgia uh, last night. We went down for a few days and stayed with some dear friends there. And Man, I don't even have time. I don't even have time to begin to open that up. And just the encouragement that's not based upon circumstances now. It's not based upon good things, bad things. It's not limited to our circumstances or or even it's not limited to our doctrines and our beliefs and our disagreements. It's, it's, it's walking in the unity of the Spirit and like dead set on that being a union. Oh my gosh, it's so freeing to walk in that place of like the living water reality. As I referenced the other day, and as again, I'm praying every single morning, and every time I'm with my wife, and every time we as a family, though small in number we are, the three of us pray, Lord, where will your living waters take us today? Where, where is it flowing? Here are my plans today. But lead us where you will. We are upon the vessel of the Spirit. We are being blown. And I just want to be blown, man. I just want to keep going along, abandoned, abandoned, abandoned. The sail of my life is up, hoisted into the wind of the Spirit, of the Spirit, period. No doubt, no question. I'm sure. And friends, there's such a freedom in that. Like, I know that. I know it. I know it. I'm not wrestling. I'm not straining. I'm not striving. Oh, God, speak, speak. I have to hear you. Oh, God, you're speaking. It's like from the other day. The seed, no problem. Eternal seed. God started a people. He was the author. The living water, oh, boy, it's flowing. It's flowing. Jesus said, come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. What I read this morning and utmost for his highest was like so crystal clear. The, the patience of the mediator Messiah. It's my paraphrasing. Oh, the patience of the Messiah. 
who has said to every man, come unto me, come unto me, come unto me. How many times, how many times has the Messiah said that to a man? Oh my gosh, millions, billions, no. Immeasurable, immeasurable. He calls us out. He calls us out to what? He doesn't call us out to a movement or a denomination or even a fellowship. He calls us unto himself. He calls us into himself. The greatest pinnacle peak reality of the fullness of walking as a people unified under that banner. What's the banner? His name. His name is the banner. Everything else is too small. I'm continually saying that. Everything I see, all right, Lord, this just seems too small. This is man's efforts, man's endeavors, man's best laid plans. Too small, too limiting. It's too limiting, too restraining, too restrictive. And I'm going to have to pull over when I get a chance. I'm going to pull over and I'm going to read a couple scriptures because I absolutely have to read them. This morning I somewhat seemingly randomly came across. I just started reading where my journal was stuck last night. I just put my journal into my Bible. um, And this is no hocus pocus. Oh, and then the Lord said, open your Bible and find the oracles of God where your journal is residing. No, no. I just opened my Bible. It's no super spiritual wacko-ness. I opened up my Bible and I just began to read where it was opened. Mere fact. (laughs) And I was in the book of Malachi. And so I was actually reading in Malachi chapter 3 and there were some things that I believe were interesting within it that I was posing questions to Kristen. I'm like, what is this saying? It's, it's, it's a prophetic book, of course, and, and directed towards the set-apart people of God and things that will happen if this, things that will happen if that, things that God says out of his own mouth, I will, I, you know, all these things. What? Of course, dependent upon the exchange of man, the willingness for man to abandon his own will for the will of Yahweh. I mean, there are these prerequisites, if you will, as is always the case, God will not override the will of man. He won't. I mean, if you want to be this, be that, do this, do that, you have the freedom and license to do that. I mean, that is that is the beauty of a man being given the opportunity to walk according to the Spirit. It's freeing. It's as I shared months ago about the freedom and liberty reality. I have become free to become enslaved, a, a I heard Sunday eloquently put, I can't remember the exact words, but a willing bondservant. I am a submissive, willing bondservant of Yeshua Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the rest of my days. I have willingly given myself in submission for him to sit preeminent upon not just my thoughts, just my little natural heart, but the seat of all that I am, he sits upon. He rules and reigns over it by my surrendered will. I have made that exchange and I continue to plan on doing that for the rest of my days. And I must do that. It is dependent upon me to continually, day by day, give 
that will away, instance by instance. I must do that. So I'm, I'm, now I need to try to babble a little more to get to a place where I can pull off um, so that I can, and so I can read um, some stuff out of Malachi. I will say, though, just to encourage you, like, man, the Lord's just doing a work. I mean, it's just ugh, the evidence of God's handiwork in, in men. What a mystery, right? What a mystery of how God works in the hearts of men in different pockets of life here, there, and everywhere. Through different versions, through different ways, through different examples, demonstrations. But And this is what I shared on Sunday. I had the opportunity to speak in front of several people and like it was just a real pivotal moment for me. Like as I share on here often, like right now, put me in front of anyone that has ears to hear and like just take take off the seatbelt and let's go. I mean, that's just, oh my gosh. And so like it was such a beautiful time and uh, it was just, I don't know, it was just something awesome. But like trying to convey that, I mean, the Lord is just saying like, how, you know, how much, how much of him are we prepared and, and, and worked to receive? How, how, what are we doing to prepare ourselves to receive all that is already there and, and perfectly accomplished in the firstborn of many? I mean, I don't like saying it the way it's, it's been like kind of perverted in a sense and would take some explaining because I don't want to just sound like a message that is common, which is like, how much of God do you want? Or, you know, it's, it's all right there waiting just for the wait for the, for the grabbing because that just, to me, minimalizes it too much. It makes it too small and um, kind of lo- begins to lose its weight in my own understanding. But really just just walking as a yielded man free, I mean free, to like walk in a level of just being permeated by the Spirit of God. And like no boundaries like if if we get re- I mean really what are the boundaries in our life is it god doesn't move is it god's not faithful is it dependent upon a person or a circumstance or a situation oh my gosh it's on us i mean we are ones of little faith we are the the ones who don't get the parables and don't see the kingdom and like We've not been kingdom-minded. I mean, let's just put the blame on ourselves and just own up to it and move on. I mean, that's the problem. The problem in my life in regards to being a spiritual man has been me. I've been the problem. I've been the barrier. I've been the prohibitor. I've been the opposer. I've been the one in opposition to a man yielded, free, to accomplish the will of the Lord on earth as it is in heaven in my life. And I'm telling you, I'm done. I have resigned. I have quit. I have put myself into the grave via joining myself with the death of the Messiah. And the new creation reality, the all things new reality, is mine. It has become mine. It has been added to my life supernaturally by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, demonstrated by my immersion. 
It's real. It's not a metaphor. It's not symbolic. Symbolism and walking in a, in a, in a parable lifestyle is not the calling of God. The calling of God is the, is the Hebrews 11, men of faith, Sarah being made by the dunamis power of God, ready to give birth to a promise via her faith. She was empowered by her faith. Okay, so I can pull off now. I'm going to read a couple scriptures, and then I'm going to drive back on, and we'll try to do some commentary upon it. Um, What I feel the Lord saying started in me in Malachi 3, but I want to read Malachi 1 um, in measure, just a little bit, a couple verses. Um, And again, this is this prophetic thing like, okay, so here's the message of the Lord, right? In this small section of his word, this is the message of the eternal Yahweh God to all of mankind. They're doubting who they are. They've forgotten, oh my, that's a new idea. They've forgotten again who they are, who God is, what they're here for, what their purposes are. They're in battle all the time. They're fighting everybody. Everyone's their enemy. The first thing Yahweh God says in Malachi 1 verse 2, I have loved you, says Yahweh. I have loved you. But you basically say, no, really? Are you sure? I mean, that's basically what, what the response is. So, so this word of the Lord continues, and to pick up in verse 5, your eyes will see this, and you will say, Yahweh be magnified. Be great. Be made great among us, but beyond the border of Israel. Okay? And, I'm, and I know, like, okay, one verse, but, like, let's pull that out as a, as a fact within this ongoing prophecy of, of the Lord who is saying to his people, I say this, and then is always the case, but you say that, okay? There's a differing of the union of what the truth of the Lord is and what he is, in fact, saying himself in this case. I say, I have loved you. I have loved you. You don't see it. You don't know it. You don't believe it is true. But may this be clear from the very outset of this oracle of God coming out. I have loved you, and you better quit doubting it. You had better quit wondering if I'm still here. Listen, guess what? Oh, I'm here. I'm I'm never changing. I'm, I'm, I'm here, period. So number one, let's clear the air here. I have loved you. I have loved you, and don't you dare forget that, question that, doubt that. In verse 5, your eyes will see this, and you will say, The Lord be magnified, be exalted, be demonstrated outwardly, be made great beyond the territory of Israel. Okay? So put that in your your little memory banks there. We're going to jump to um, 1 Samuel. All right, I've got to flip a couple pages here. 1 Samuel chapter 4, because what what this reminded me of, as my wife and I were having a dialogue about this as I was reading it this morning at uh, the breakfast table, was what I had shared months ago, um, if not a year, man, a year, gosh, over a year ago, um, when the Ark of the Covenant was God, Yahweh God himself was the Ark of the Covenant. It wasn't a symbolic representation of the eternal God. God, of course, as we know, gave the commands, you do this, you build me a house according to these 
um, these blueprints, if you will, and I will come and I will dwell. My glory, holy cow, my glory will indwell that box. Oh my goodness, I mean, like, we can't even go there. And so, of course, the, the people responded, Solomon and, and, like, with the temple and, like, all these other examples we have that preface this ark being in existence. The covenant of the Lord came into the camp, okay? Verse 5, and it, and it happened as the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp that all Israel shouted with a great shout. All right, let's make a little note of that, okay? As a people who either shout out of emotion or sit there with our hands folded with nothing to say, we must hear this, okay? These people shouted not because they were excited alone, not because they just, because a worship leader said, let's praise the name of the Lord now, you know, let's lift up a hand clap of praise. Okay, yes, okay, yes, yes, okay. Uh, is this is this like a 10-second version, or is this a full-blown 30 because the song's really loud and it's just time? And nor is it a sitting there, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, in, a, in like this mental exclamation point. They shouted, they declared. This goes back to the, the stuff I talked about weeks ago about the Ruah, not the Ruah breath, but the R-U-W-A, I believe it is, the declaration, the trumpet, the, the loud shout that told the whole earth, we are Yahweh's people. We are His. And you better pay attention, okay? So the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord comes into the camp. All of Israel shouted with a great shout so that the entire earth resounded. And when the Philistines, when the neighboring people heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Okay, what's going on over there? I know there, there's not a football game tonight. No, it's not Friday night. It's not Saturday afternoon. There's no football in town. No, that's not why they're shouting. Oh, they must be having a concert. Is uh, so-and-so, are they in town tonight at the convention center? No. Oh, it must be, I know, the worship team from Australia is in town. That's what it is. No, 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 no. What does this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood. What did they understand as they thought about what's going on over there? Oh, no. Oh, no, oh, no. The ark of the Lord had come into the camp. And the Philistines were afraid. And they said, quote, Yahweh God has come into the camp. Woe to us. Nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us. And then they go on to talk about remembering this, what they just called the gods that delivered them from the Egyptians and the plagues that came upon them and all these things like, oh no, they didn't understand who or what, but oh boy, did they remember and oh boy, did they know. They knew. They may not have called him Yahweh eternal, but oh boy, did they know. They knew, right? By what? By the demonstration and the response of the people of God when God, okay, when Yahweh came. When he came, when he came, 
For the millionth time, I say, it demanded a response when the people of God knew God came. And y'all, listen to what I'm saying. This is the daily reality for the people who have joined into the death of Yeshua Messiah. The moment by moment by moment mind-blowing reality that the ark, to use this metaphor, to use this metaphorically, God's presence is here. It's in the camp. What's the camp, friends? It is us. It is any of those who have joined into his death, born again, born of the Spirit, and born of the water. We are the ark. We are the ark of God. Do we walk in that level of revelation that we must have a life that shouts a declaration to all of the earth that Yahweh, guess what, y'all? When I pull up into that dealer in 30 minutes, in an hour, whenever I get over there, y'all, Yahweh God is on the premises. He is here. He's here. I'm sitting in a parking lot in the middle of the country beside a fire station. Guess what? All of creation knows, oh, Yahweh God is here. Yahweh is here. He's come. He's come. He's come. And the nations of him, they're out the door. Now, there are things that come into this story specifically. They rise up against the people of Israel. They attack them just like they're fighting and they end up stealing the ark of God. We don't have time to go into all of that. Let's stick with what we know is true and what this section of the scripture and the account is saying to us. Okay? It it doesn't negate it in any way. It's just a different facet within this story of the happenings within it, okay? So let's stay close to what we're saying here. And this is what I'm thinking this morning. I'm going to pose a couple questions. Does your reality of Yahweh God within you, should he be in you, are you sure you are the ark of God present here and now upon the earth in 2019? Are you that? Are you amongst a people who are the demonstration of the glory of God on the earth, upon it, wherever your feet go is holy ground? Here's the question. Does our reality of Yahweh God in our midst, in us, take us out of the territory? Does it spill over into the territory of even his enemies, into the world, into the territories outside of the border and bounds of the people of God? Because amen times a thousand, I am am still locked in to the, the, the individual, the familial, the corporate boundaries and barriers, the, the city, if you will, of the people of God. That's, that's absolute scripture from beginning to end. Whether we look at the, the inception of the people of God in Israel, even in this story right here, there was a, def, a defined body, there was a definition, there was a separation, there was a, a, a clearly defined people of God, a within reality. Within, okay, the Garden of Eden, y'all, 
Okay, like let's just go all the way there and not even, we'll just say that and move on. And then look at New Jerusalem. Like the culmination where that's all that's left is a defined, distinct people of God for all of eternity, okay? And so that is true, and that's in no way negated by what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is like we read in Malachi chapter 4, no, chapter 1. I've got to find my notes because I'm still sitting in this parking lot. The Lord Yahweh God be magnified beyond the border of Israel, okay? Beyond the border, okay? So like the, the, the demonstration reality that must first and foremost be in us individually and then be in us within the, 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 the broadening of the unification of God himself through men together, magnify the Lord with me, magnify the Lord with me. Where are the people of God? I want to magnify him greater alongside others who are hidden with him and have joined themselves with him in his death. Okay? Yes and amen. I'm trying to find my notes. Stick with me. I'm not at all organized, and this is in no way um, written out in any kind of form other than pages of journaling this morning. Okay, so the city on a hill reality. Well, the city on a hill is not meant to be a castle with no windows, 50-foot walls, and they never come out. Okay? The city on a hill is to be what? I mean, we could talk about don't hide your light under a bushel. And all these things we sang when we were 10, okay? Like, the city on a hill is to be what? It is to be what I found in baptism, one of the facets within it, which is the, the demonstration of Messiah. You know, Yahweh put his son. It pleased him to crush the son. It pleased him to crush himself, okay, on our behalf, for us. And he was high and lifted up. He was on the tree, on display. He was made a public spectacle. He was the main event to all of mankind throughout all of time as we know it. He was exalted and put on display. Okay, so like, if that's in fact what we're joining ourselves to, yes, 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 there is a death. It's absolutely death. But the death draws us into what followed. It enables us to go where he went. It enables us to be the thief on the cross, which is like Yeshua Messiah said, yes, you can join me. You can go where I'm going, friend. And what was the message up until then? All of his disciples, all of those under him in training, all of the multitudes. And what did he say? Friend, you can't go where I'm going. You can't do this. You cannot do what I'm doing. You can't do it. Well, there is, a, there is a change that came. There is a change that we now walk in, friends. We walk in that reality to now, through the rent veil, through being made capable of being the ark of God, we have been invited into the eternal work that until that happened, we could not do. Everything else was a demonstration alone. Everything else was a um, example, a type, 
a foreshadowing of what now is literal. It's literal. And so I'm just asking, is your life, is my life, is our forms and understanding of being the people of God, is it extending our borders? Is it going out, extending the borders of Israel? Is it magnifying the Lord beyond our borders? I'm so like this morning. This morning, like that's, that's all over me. It's all over me. He is with us. He is in us. We're saying that. That's what my message was this weekend to all the people we talked to, that we prayed with, that we tried. To, I'm not here to encourage you, brother. I'm not here to make you feel better. I'm not here to tell you it's not so bad. No. Uh-uh. You know what I'm here to say? Yahweh eternal, he's in me. He's in me. I have brought him here to you. I have carried him here via the mediator, high priest, sympathizer, Messiah. I have been empowered to bring Yahweh eternal into your house, into your hair salon, into this Mexican restaurant. Listen, friend, he is here. Yahweh eternal, he's here and he's in me. Come to him. Come to him. Don't come into my fellowship. Don't come into my church. Don't come into this. Don't come into that. I'm here on behalf of Yahweh God. <laughs> Everything else is what? It's too small. Oh, let me tell you about our Southwestern Virginia Fellowship. No way. No way, no way. Is that an increment? Yes. Is that a part? Yes. Is that some outflow of it? Yes and amen, absolutely. But oh man, first and foremost, let me blow the shofar trumpet of God because guess what? He's here in me. He has come to my camp. I am the camp. I am the camp. I am the camp. I'm having to turn down the decibels. I am the camp. I am the camp. I am the camp. I'm in it. It is me. I want to be in a camp of people blowing the shofar of God, saying, hey, y'all, you better pay attention. Yahweh eternal is among us. He is among us, brother. He is in us. And everything else absolutely will stand up at attention. The enemies of the earth, the enemies of Yahweh God, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm avoiding using profanities to make this crystal clear. Oh my gosh, this is not good for us. We have to do something. So may the Lord be magnified beyond your borders, friend. Beyond the border of yourself. Beyond the border of your fellowship and familial family in the natural. Beyond the fellowship of the body of believers that you are within. Are we being a living, not just, man, demonstration doesn't even cover it to me today. Demonstration doesn't even, it doesn't even get close. It doesn't even touch it. It's a living entity that must be carried like that ark. Oh God, help us. This is holy. Oh Lord, this is holy. This is holy. 
Why do we need to be set apart, friend? Why do we need to be consecrated? Why do you need to put down the cigarettes? Why do you need to keep yourself from this and from that and give yourself to this and to that? Because you are a holy offspring. And your rest of your days, the rest of my days are to become holy as he is holy. Two weeks ago, I was immersed into the perfect Messiah. His vow is my life. Everything I put my eyes on, oh no, uh uh-uh, no way, no way, Uh uh-uh, not breaking my vow. I'm not breaking the eternal vow. I can't break the vow of Yahweh made with the Son. I can't break the vow of the perfect Yeshua Messiah to to the Father, and that's the beauty and the freedom of it. But I am so, I am so engaged. I am so enthralled and I am so in Him. No way. It's the same. If it's in me, it's in Him. And I'm not putting that in there. Am I going to crawl out of the side of Yeshua Messiah, down the cross, onto the nasty dirt of the ground, and pick up something that is temporal and natural and carnal, pick it up, put it into myself, and crawl back into Him? No way, no how. No way, no how. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to pollute it. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to lessen it. I'm not going to dirty up the perfect covenantal vow of the Messiah that I am in. No way. Everything else is like trash. Oh, man, see, like, can I say that? Is that not what Paul said? Everything else, friends, rubbish, garbage. And listen, that's not just sin. That's not just sin. Listen to this, friends. That's not just sin. Was what Paul saw, what he was saw, okay, what he added to his life, and I'm going to bring this to a close. What he had learned from Gamaliel, what he had been taught and trade in, was that trash, friends? Was that garbage? Holy cow. Up until the shift of the ages came through Messiah, what he learned, he was the learned one. He was the teacher of teachers, Saul. He was the man. He was the man. According to what? According to the law, which was right and good and of God until the shift came. Until the revelation that the Messiah had come. Until Saul encountered Messiah, he was right. But the shift came and he didn't get it. He hadn't seen it. He hadn't had the revelation. And what did that do? The truth that was true until the shift came became what? It became a persecutor of Messiah. It became a persecutor of what now was. And what did Saul do? What did Saul do? He fell to the ground blind. And what did he do? He considered every single doctrine that was his, that he said, I'm not going to let go of this one. I'm not going to let go of this one. This is it. Every single thing was dumped on the ground and became trash. Friends, do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? Every single doctrine and position and belief that Saul, who became Paul, possessed and was his absolute life was emptied it was no longer I that live it is now Christ within me and every other single thing every other thing I consider garbage y'all that that is 
the gospel. That is it. And that is why I want to shout so loud that every other nation of the earth trembles and hears and says, Yahweh eternal is in that camp. Yahweh eternal is in that man. It's in that guy. Woe to us. Should it be an enemy hearing that? And every other man, it's going to drive in and it's going to drive away. It's going to draw in. It's going to drive away, friends. Oh, Lord, may we not be driven away. May we not be offended by the word of the Lord coming to us. Oh, may we not be offended and pushed away. Not that. Uh Uh-uh. Not that. No. Rubbish. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish in comparison to the revelation of the Messiah blinding me and revealing at the same time. So may it go out. May it go out. May the nations shake. May they tremble. As we are the ark of God, responding, responding outside of our borders, outside of our territory, so that there's what? Man, when we went this weekend, and I'm going to shut my mouth, before we went, the Lord spoke as clear as I'm speaking right now, on as wings of eagles fly with hope on your wings. You go down and you have hope. You're flying down with hope. Brothers, I'm overflowing. I'm overflowing with hope that is not my own. It's not mine. It's not mine. It's not my possession. It's not mine. It's a gift of faith from Yahweh eternal. So may it accomplish its work. May it accomplish its work. And may it accomplish its work. In the name of Yeshua, Messiah, accomplish its work in me, in you, in his people on this earth, in this hour, in this age. Amen.